0: There is a saying that history rhymes, but I prefer the saying of Mark Twain. Sorry, there's a saying that history repeats itself, but I prefer the saying of Mark Twain, which is that history doesn't repeat itself, but often rhymes. I was uh, having some lunch at Panera a little over a week ago, and I ran into a Protestant pastor I know, his name is JP, and I asked him, what he's doing, and he was working on his sermon for Sunday, and I was curious about his process of sermon preparation, so I asked him some questions, and, you know, how does he choose the scripture passage he's going to preach on, and the themes and things like that, and he told me a little bit about it, and sometimes he does series on on a book or things like that, and he said, because he's familiar with Catholics and our our liturgy and our lectionary, which is the book of readings for the Masses, He says, I kind of like the way you Catholics do it, because, you know, in advance you kind of plan the whole thing out. And wherever in the world a deacon or priest is preparing to preach, he looks at the scriptures that have been assigned for that Sunday. And this lectionary is put together with great thought and care. And you may have noticed, or hopefully you've noticed, that the first reading and the gospel have a thematic connection. And we see this that in salvation history, it often rhymes. We see really strongly today a rhyme between our first reading and gospel. So we have in both, right, we have a person who is a foreigner and a leper, a person who has faith and is healed, and a person who gives thanks. We have that in both of our readings. And so in the first reading is a man named Naaman, he's Syrian, he's not part of the Israelite, the people of God. And he hears about this holy man, Elisha, this prophet who can, who can cure him, who can heal him. In the gospel we have ten lepers and one of them is a Samaritan, a foreigner. And they hear about Jesus, a person who they believe has the power to cure them. I want to talk just a little bit, before I continue in, in showing the connections between the two, on just leprosy itself. So, you're probably aware, although we don't have lepers in the United States, as far as, I, as far as I know, leprosy, historically, is one of the worst diseases, most feared diseases that people face. So, um, it, it's, we know now what causes it. The, it's called Hansen's disease. Um, and it, it, it leads to a gradual uh, disfiguration, uh, 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 distortion of, of a person's body and their limbs, and uh, and numbness, and eventually it leads to death. And it also uh, causes social exclusion. Uh, people who were lepers, it was mandated in the law of Moses, but certainly I'm sure in almost every society that they were sent out, they were cast out because people were afraid uh, that they would catch leprosy themselves. So. So we see in leprosy, I think, a a really excellent symbol of sin and what sin does. So sin does to our souls what leprosy does to our bodies. It it disfigures. It causes suffering and pain, leading into death. It causes isolation, a rupture of relationships. And I just want to talk a little bit about probably the most the, the initial thing about leprosy that causes fear. Is the disfiguring aspect? It it makes someone ugly, right? Um, and we think about uh, think about you know maybe on an evolutionary level, right? We are we we have an aversive you know aversion to that. Probably something to protect us. There's all kinds of sights and smells that we have aversions to. Probably that are that are dangerous to our health. There's you could say it from that perspective. But even from a bigger perspective. St. Thomas Aquinas, he talks about what makes something beautiful, and anything beautiful, whether it's, a, whether it's a, a, a person, whether it's a work of art, whether it's architecture, whether it's a golf swing, an action. And he talks about these three elements that make something beautiful. So the first, he says, is an integrity or wholeness, that it has all of its parts and nothing that, that is not part of it. So it has wholeness. It has what he called proportionality, which what he meant is the parts are properly related to each other and to a further end, the ultimate purpose of the thing. And he talked about clarity. Uh, uh, That is, that the the beautiful is, is able to show forth, to manifest the inner nature of the thing. And think about, for example, the transfiguration of Jesus. This is a perfect example of beauty. Um, and so sin <laughs> sin makes us ugly <laughs> even if physically we're very good looking right it, it, dis, it, it dis, uh, disfigures and, and, and we can even see this we can see in, in qualities of human actions and behavior there's something about it. not only we use categories of good or evil but we can use categories of beautiful or ugly okay. so let's go back to these two these two lepers um, so they hear about this person who can, who can cure them and in each case, they are instructed to do something. So Naaman was instructed to do what? To wash in the waters of the Jordan River seven times. And we, and we don't get the full story in the first reading, but initially, he, he kind of he resisted it. Because where he is from, they have, they have even better rivers than the Jordan River, more, more powerful rivers than the Jordan River. Why, why would, would washing in that river make a difference? But he's convinced by his servants Listen, trust this holy man. He's telling you to do something. Trust him. And he does. So he washes in the river and then he is healed. In the case of the ten lepers and Jesus, they're standing off at a distance. And what does he tell them to do? Go show yourselves to the priests. So in in the Mosaic Law, it says that if these lesions, and, and, and again, they didn't have modern science, but... There may have been things that looked like leprosy that weren't really leprosy that would go away. Okay, so they had this provision: if these lesions and things disappear, you are to go to the priests who kind of inspect you and make sure that you're free from this, free from leprosy, and then you are readmitted back to the community. Okay, and those ten lepers, all of them, they have faith in this sense. They believe Jesus can heal them. They trust that what he's saying, he trusts in him and what he says, and they obey it. So these are three elements of saving faith. You have to have belief, you have to have trust, and you have to obey. And so, and they do, and they're all healed. Now, there is something different, though, about one of the ten. And what does he do? He comes back to give Thanks. Now he's also like Naaman. In in the first reading, Naaman, he wants to give gifts to Elisha out of thanksgiving. And Elisha's like, no, no, I don't need the gifts. He's like, no, come take them. So then he says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take land from Israel, dirt. I'm going to bring it to where I live, and I'm going to offer sacrifices of thanksgiving to the God of Israel. I'm going to do that perpetually for the rest of my life, to offer sacrifices of thanksgiving to the God of Israel. Now, there are, in these stories, there are hidden three sacraments. Maybe you made the connection, maybe not. So the first sacrament, I think, is obvious. It's the sacrament of baptism, right? Washing in waters, we are healed, we are restored. The second sacrament, what do you think? The sacrament of penance, or reconciliation, or confession. Go show yourselves to the priest's. They will reconcile you with the community. They will readmit you back into the community. And, and so these are being prefigured also in these stories. That, that Jesus' saving power, access through faith, right, is able to, to heal us, to restore us, to give us new life, to bring back communion. Between us and God and us and each other through these sacraments, baptism and reconciliation. And, and reconciliation really is connected with baptism because what, it, what it's for is post-baptismal sin that is forgiven and it's as if we are like we were when, when we were baptized. And most of us were baptized as infants, right? And it's very interesting when it describes Naaman's healing. What does it say about his skin? Like it came like a baby. His flesh was like that of an infant. You know, we see these we have so many infants here, right? They have this perfect, clear, soft skin. You know, we get older, it's not quite, as, not quite as soft, it gets wrinkles, but no. Naaman's skin became, right? So the sacrament of reconciliation just restores us to that baptismal state of baptismal purity. Now, the thing is, um, unfortunately, um, uh, Jesus is present in these sacraments doing what he's done before, but so many... Catholics don't approach the sacraments with faith. They don't even approach them at all. I mean, there's more and more people who are raised Catholic or having children and are not baptizing their children. You know, I do a lot of more baptisms where, you know, the kids are, they're not infants anymore. They're like four or five. And they're fighting me when I'm trying to get, when I'm trying to get water on their heads, right? Um, uh, so, no, baptism is absolutely essential. And again, it's Jesus is present there. He's giving us new life. Even less Catholics are availing themselves of the sacrament of reconciliation, the sacrament of penance. And I get that in a way, because between the ages of 14 and 20, I didn't go to confession. And it wasn't because I wasn't sinning. It's because I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. And also probably I didn't want to change certain things. That was another reason I didn't go to confession. And I remember distinctly, very clearly, that first confession in six years. And I remember very distinctly the feeling after. The feeling of deep peace. That, that things were finally right deep within me. It was, it, was, it was joyful. It was wonderful. I've tried to go to confession once a month since then. Now, the problem, worse than being a leper, is being a blind leper who doesn't know they're a leper in need of healing. Who doesn't know they're in need of Jesus. And so this is probably the biggest... The biggest difficulty we have is to help people know and understand people are suffering in many ways. They just don't connect that suffering with the absence of God in their life or with deviating from God's plan. And if they can just make that and reach out as the lepers did. Master, have pity on us. This is just a simple prayer. God, Jesus, have pity on me for I am a sinner. Now, I think, that, uh, I think that all of us can, can ask ourselves, you know, am I really, um, do I have this faith in the sacraments? And is my actions, are they showing that faith? Do I, do I believe? Do I, do I trust? Do I obey? So reflect on that for yourselves. I think, um, I think all of us can learn a lot today from, from two men who were outcasts who were these foreigners, and who were lepers. And we can learn to them today, especially because of the gratitude that after they've received this healing. It's a, I was thinking about this. I think that, because remember, Jesus only says to the last one who came back to him, your faith has saved you. And I think that gratitude is, a, is like a preservative of faith. That is, you, 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 you have faith, you encounter God, God does something for you, But if you're ungrateful, then you lose it. You lose it. It's not preserved. But if you have gratitude, your faith is preserved. And indeed, even catalyzed to go deeper. Now, I mentioned two of the three sacraments that are indicated. What's, What's the third one? The third one is the Eucharist. The Eucharist means thanksgiving. As Naaman wanted to offer sacrifices of thanks and praise... This is what the Eucharist is. There's no greater act of thanks we can make to God than to come to Mass every Sunday. And and don't we have a lot to thank Him for? Isn't the gift of eternal life worth thanking Him for in this formal way as He asked us at least every Sunday? So let us be like The Samaritan, the Syrian, the foreign lepers. Let us imitate them in their saving faith and in their gratitude.